Welcome to Realm of Faith Radio. Every believer has faith. Romans 1 7 says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. So this is written to saints. Romans 12 3. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you. And like we said, the you is talking about is saints, not folks who ain't. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Welcome to Realm of Faith Radio. Right now, here is Reverend Talks with today's message. Every believer has faith. Good day, everyone. Welcome once again to another time on our broadcast. And um, we want to start a, a new series today looking at the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And we'll read from verse 22 through to 26. Mark 11, 22 to 26. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. The marginal rendering says, Have the faith of God, which is the same as the God kind of faith. So we could say, Have the God kind of faith. Verse 23 says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you're indeed our Father, and you're a good Father, a gracious Father. Thank you because the entrance of your words gives light it gives understanding to the simple. We approach your word reverently and humbly. We trust that by your spirit, you will unveil, unfold, and reveal the word of God unto our spirits. Thank you because we won't just be hearers of the word alone, but we'll be doers of the same. And as a result, we'll not only walk in your blessings, we'll be a blessing to others as well. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, talking about the God kind of faith, Jesus, in the portion of scriptures where we read, was talking about just that. Now, something had happened prior to Jesus speaking those words, which you read in the same chapter. In the 12th verse, the Bible says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. It says, And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came if happily might find anything thereon. But when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. The Bible says, And he answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, says, And his disciples heard it. Now, some people have said, If it wasn't the time for figs, why was Jesus looking for figs on that tree? Now, but this is the deal. Fig trees in that part of the world, in the season that wasn't the season for figs to bear fruit, 
Some of them had leaves. Those that had leaves had fruit. Even in the season, that wasn't the season for them to have fruit. So anyone that retained his leaves had fruit. So when Jesus saw that this particular fig tree, even though it wasn't the season for figs, retained its leaves, he expected the tree to have fruit. But when he didn't see any fruit on it, the Bible says he answered and said unto it. Imagine a man speaking to a tree. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. The Bible says, and his disciples heard it. Now, coming over to the 20th verse of Mark 11, it says, And in the morning, this must be the next day, in the morning as they passed by, it says they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, not from the shoot, from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance said, Master, behold, the fig tree with thou cursest is withered away. Uh, the Bible now says in verse 22, And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God, which really is have the faith of God, or the same as have the God kind of faith. Now, obviously, this is bound to be the God kind of faith, because that's how God created the universe in the first place. Hebrews 11.3, the Bible says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So God, in Genesis 1, we read that he said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God said, and he saw what he said, and God said, God flung everything into being by speaking it into existence. So this, obviously, is the God kind of faith. God believed in himself that what he said will come to pass. And then he said it, and that was exactly what happened. It came to pass. So Jesus demonstrated this God kind of faith for the disciples to see, and it pretty got their attention, pretty much got their attention. And so when he did, he was not telling them, listen up, guys, this is not a deity trick. This is the God kind of faith. And when he said to them, have the God kind of faith, there are two senses he could have been speaking, uh, two things he could have meant, either or both, or both of them. One is, uh, if I tell you to have something, that means you probably don't have it. So I'm telling you to possess it. Make sure you get it. Get this God kind of faith. The other thing he could have also meant and there's merit in both of them, is like you tell somebody, have patience. You're telling the person, exercise patience. I, I have patience now. Why, why the rush? You're telling the person, exercise some patience. So in another sense, when Jesus said, have the God kind of faith, he's saying, exercise the God kind of faith. Now, as believers, we actually possess that God kind of faith. The disciples did not, because as of that time, their spirits had not been recreated. But because man is a spirit being and Jesus said whosoever shall say so it worked for anybody saint or sinner so it's actually it was actually possible for them to have exercised this God kind of faith because man is a spirit being and it's with the heart that man believes even though they did not yet possess it but at the new birth every believer actually gets to legally possess this God kind of faith which we're going to see in a bit Praise God. So have the God kind of faith. Now, the King James Version says, have faith in God. Now, do we have faith in God? We do. First Peter 1, 21. The Bible says, who first believed in God, that your faith and hope might be in God. So yes, uh, the object of our faith is God himself. Uh, and while that is true, Jesus was also saying that, guys, see to it that you 
possess this God kind of faith and you walk in it. Now, he went ahead to define the God kind of faith in the 23rd verse. Mark eleven twenty three 23 is Jesus' definition of the God kind of faith. And what does Mark eleven twenty three say? Jesus said there, for verily I say unto you, remember, this is Jesus speaking. This is the second person of the Godhead speaking. This is God made manifest in the flesh speaking. Did he know what he was saying? He certainly did. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, paraphrasing Mark eleven twenty three, New Testament language, Jesus was simply saying, whosoever shall say and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, breaking that down further, uh, for the sake of ease of understanding, what Jesus simply said is this, anybody, anywhere, who believeth in his heart and will say with his mouth what he believes in his heart, that when that happens, it shall come to pass. He'll have what he says. So the God kind of faith is the kind of faith whereby a person believes a thing in his heart. He says with his mouth what he believes in his heart. And as a result, it comes to pass. That's the God kind of faith. That's how God created the universe. He believed that what he said will come to pass. Believed that in himself. And then he said it. And it came into being. That's the God kind of faith. Mark eleven twenty three defines it. Now, um, in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, we see that that's actually the way the sinner gets saved. Because the word of God says that if thou shalt confess with thine mouth, the Lord Jesus, or that Jesus is Lord, your Lord, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Say, so with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the sinner believes in his heart and he confesses with his mouth. And as a result, he gets saved. Now, what does he believe in his heart? He believes in his heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Then he confesses with his mouth that Jesus is his Lord. And as a result of that, his spirit gets recreated and the life of God becomes imparted into the sinner's spirit. So that's the God kind of faith. We see it in Mark eleven twenty three. We see it in Romans 10, 9 and 10. We also see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and in verse 13, where the Bible says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the same principle, the same law that we see in Mark eleven twenty three, we see in Romans 10, 9 and 10. We see right here in 2 Corinthians 4, 13. It says we having the same spirit of faith. So there's an attitude to faith. Yes, it's a principle, but it's also an attitude of the heart. And what's that heart attitude? You believe and because you believe, you speak. So believe and say, believe and confess, believe and speak. Identically the same thing. Now, 2 Corinthians 4.13, uh, Paul was actually quoting Psalm 116 verse 10. Psalm 116 verse 10. And what does the word of God say there? It says, I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. So you see, 
You see the same principle, believing and speaking, believing and speaking. So that's four times already. We see that principle in the Bible. Mark 11, 23, Romans 10, 9 and 10, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, Psalm 116, verse 10. And then we have other scriptures where the same law, the same principle is repeated. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, where Jesus said, uh, because of your unbelief, or if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. So that's another witness. That's a, a fifth witness on that principle of faith. Then we see a sixth witness in Matthew 21, 21, where Jesus said to them, if you have faith and doubt not, you will not only do that which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Amen. So the same principle, you, you have faith and then you say, have faith like a grain of mustard seed. Matthew 17, 20 tells us, and then you say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Matthew 21, 21, if you have faith and doubt not, you will not only do what's done to the fig tree, but also you will say to the mountain. Now, a mountain is meant to be something immovable. It's really like the object the, the, the epitome of impossibility. That's the height of impossibility. But Jesus is saying, look, it may be immovable, it may be huge, it may be insurmountable, but you can remove it. And when you get a mountain in, inside the sea, the mountain is going to sink. And then there wouldn't be any evidence that there were, ever was the mountain. Amen. You won't see it anymore. So he's saying, look, if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you'll get, you'll have what you say, whatever it is you say. That's the principle of faith. Then we see it in Luke 17, 6, where Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Amen unto you. So the same principle, we see it repeated at least seven times in the Bible. Mark 11, 23, Romans 10, 9 and 10, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, Psalm 116, verse 10, Matthew 17, 20, Matthew 21, 21, and Luke 17, 6. Now, God didn't put stuff in the Bible just to fill up space. If he repeated it, that number of times, and we know in the matter of two or three witnesses, the Bible says, let every word be established. But we have this repeated seven good times. Praise God. It's vital we understand that this is the principle of the God kind of faith. A person believes a thing in his heart. He says with his mouth what he believes in his heart. And guess what? As a result of doing that, it comes to pass. He has what he says. What that person says comes to pass. That's the principle of faith. That's the God kind of faith. That's how it works. Now, the thing about faith is this. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. Hebrews eleven six. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, 
It takes faith to please God. So faith must be pretty important. Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, the gift of God. So it's through faith that we receive the new birth. It's through faith that the sinner gets saved. Now, once a person is saved, uh, Habakkuk 2, 4, Romans 1, 17, Galatians 3, 11, Hebrews 10, 38, all those scriptures say the same thing, that the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by faith. So the way to live the Christian life is by faith. So faith is not merely something I use to get some things from God. It's actually the lifestyle of the believer. Because the believing one, the righteous one, is to live by faith. Praise God. And like we said, there's a law to it. There's a principle to faith. You believe a thing in your heart. You say with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And as a result, it comes to pass. So, having defined and described that God kind of faith, let's, we want to look at in this series seven most important things about faith. And um, today we want to start with the first of them. And it's this. Every believer has faith. Every believer has faith. Let's look at some scriptures. I wouldn't make a statement like that if I couldn't prove it. Every believer has faith. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And in verse 3, Paul was writing there to the church in Rome. Romans 1.7 says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. So this is written to saints. Romans 12.3 For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you. And like we said, the you is talking about is saints, not folks who ain't. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So this is telling us that God has dealt to every believer the measure of faith. We know from 2 Thessalonians 3.2 that all men have not faith. The context of 2 Thessalonians 3.2 is, you know, Paul told them, pray for us that we may be delivered from ungodly and wicked men, for all men have not faith. So the unbeliever, the ungodly, they don't have this kind of faith. They may have a natural human faith, but talking about this God kind of faith, it's every believer that has it. God has dealt to every believer the measure of faith. God has dealt to every believer the measure of faith. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, Ephesians chapter 2, and in verse 8, the Bible says there, it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Yes, salvation is a work of grace. We couldn't earn it. It was not by our works. But notice it says it's through faith that it's received. So it takes faith to please God. It takes faith to get born again. It takes faith to live the Christian life. The only fight we're told to fight, 1 Timothy 6.12, is the good fight of faith. Amen. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So faith is very critical, is very important to every person, saved or unsaved. And um, Ephesians 2.8 says, So by grace are ye saved through faith. 
Amen. And he says, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now, he couldn't be talking about the grace because there's no grace that is of ourselves. Here it says, and that not of yourselves. So he's saying that the faith that God has saved is not a natural human faith. It's a faith that is not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. The Greek word translated gift here happens to be the word doron. Doron was never used for the new birth. If it was referring to grace, the word that would have been used would have been doria, the Greek word, but it wasn't doria. So what he calls the gift of God there is not the grace that he's referring to or the salvation. He's talking about the faith. The faith was given to the sinner, amen, for him to get saved. Now, how did God give the sinner faith to be saved? Romans chapter 10 from verse 8 to 10, the Bible says, But what seeth it? The word is nigh thee, in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It says, So with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We notice that the gospel is called the word of faith. Why is God's word, the gospel. Why is he called the word of faith? Because it causes faith to come to the hearts of those who are open to it. Even if it's an unbeliever, faith will come to his heart. So it's called the word of faith. Now, now that sinner now creates the reality of salvation in his own spirit by believing in his heart and confessing with his mouth. Now, verse 13 of that Romans 10 says, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now he goes on to say, how shall they call on him, verse 14, in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Now verse 17, now it says, Romans 10, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the way God gives faith to the sinner to get saved is through the gospel. When the word of God is preached to that sinner, it shows him his state, his sinner in need of a savior. It shows him God's provision, Jesus Christ, who took away our sin nature as well as our sins and made provision for eternal life to be made available to us and the new birth. Then faith comes through the message to the heart of that sinner. As faith comes to his heart, through the gospel he hears, he acts, he obeys the gospel, he acts on the word of God. How? By believing in his heart and confessing with his mouth. And as a result of him doing that, his spirit gets recreated and he then becomes a faith child of a faith God. Because he's a child of God, he has God's DNA, he has God's nature, and God is a faith God. So that sinner who now gets born again now becomes a faith child of God and the measure of faith is dealt to his heart. Faith is given to him. Faith comes to him through the word of God that he hears. So that's three witnesses already. Let's look at two more witnesses. Second Corinthians chapter 4. And in verse 13, quoted this earlier on, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says here, it says, 
we having the same spirit of faith. Notice it doesn't say we are trying to get it. It doesn't say we're praying for it. It says we having the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith that Paul had, the same spirit of faith that the Corinthian church had, the same spirit of faith that David had, the same spirit of faith that God has, the same spirit of faith that God has, that Jesus has. That's the same spirit of faith we have. We having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So you see that it says we have, we haven't, we haven't. We're not trying to get it. We're not praying for it. We've got it. When did we get it? We got it at our new birth. That's when the spirit of faith was dealt to our hearts. So that's four witnesses. Let me give a fifth and final one. Second Peter chapter one. And in verse one, second Peter chapter one, verse one, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our savior, Jesus Christ. Notice it says to them that have obtained like precious faith with us. We have this like precious faith. Every believer has it. It takes faith to get saved. So saved people have faith. If you've already believed God for the new birth, you can believe God for anything bigger. That's the biggest miracle that there is. The same faith that got you saved will get you anything else. Just feed it on the word of God and exercise it. So that's five witnesses that show that every believer has faith. Every believer has faith. We saw that, Romans 12, 3. We saw it in Ephesians 2, 8. In Romans 10, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And finally, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. We have obtained like precious faith. Amen. It's true, the new birth, through our Savior, through the righteousness of God that came to us when we got born again. Every believer has faith. Say this with me. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I have faith. I have mountain moving faith. I have the God kind of faith. I have the kind of faith that spoke the world into being. I have the kind of faith that spoke the universe into existence. Till next time, when we'll continue on this series on seven most important things about faith. You've been listening to Rema Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Rema Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.